I'm Carrie Benedett, and this is my podcast, Thriving Matters, where you will find tools to revitalize you and your relationships, whether at work or in your personal life. Well, a little bit about me. I'm an education consultant specializing in emotional intelligence, and I use creative approaches that empower people with proven processes. I'm known for my high energy, passion and compassion for those in need of help. And I like to shine a spotlight on what we can do. I'm here to bring positivity, confidence and strength every day, everywhere. My mantra in life has been, let's give it a red hot shot. Welcome to another episode of Thriving Matters. And today we are going to talk all things around women in leadership with Nikki Langman. Now, Nikki, welcome. Hope you're having a great start to your day. Hi, Kerry. Good morning. (laughs) You know, there's so much around at the moment through media, through all our contacts, through our family, friends and our workplaces about the role of women in leadership. And it's timely, I think, that we have the conversation. We have huge global distractions, you know, whether it's pessimistic or negative, but we need to share the good behaviour and how we lead others in all this. You know, we are human. We are born either male or female. And of course, then there are various ways that we live our life, which is the beauty of our humanness. But when we're talking employment, when we're talking opportunity, and when we're talking leadership, at the moment, I still believe there are some great challenges for women in these roles. And you yourself have had a varied career where you have been employed in a number of different relational leadership roles with huge responsibility and with great success. So I thought, you know, for the first thing that we'll do today is always talk about what has happened to us. And in your leadership role this week, has there been a sparkling moment that has totally surprised you that you'd like to share? Yeah, that's a great question, Carrie, because the first thing that comes to mind is we tend to put so much of our energies toward the bigger picture that we forget the details. And, you know, just in thinking about what has my last week looked like, it's hard to remember those specific details that have brought me joy because my mind is largely focused on my quest for my next challenge or my next achievement. So I think that's really important to remember those small steps of success. And I will tell you something that jumps out to me is I shared a professional achievement with a friend of mine. So this is someone outside of my workplace. And I put an emphasis on the process. And I I put the emphasis on I couldn't have done this without the support of, you know, the company I was working with or the people on the team. And my friend said to me, she said, don't forget to own it yourself too. And I thought, wow, you know, that, that's actually a really good reminder from someone who knows me and cares about me and especially for women. And I think this is something that is a common challenge for women is we tend to take a very social approach to our successes and we will put the credit toward the organization or the team or the support network we had in place rather than personally celebrating that win or the the effort that we ourselves have done. Um, Whereas men might have more of a tendency to own their successes more transparently. That technique and that affirmation of the work that you've done and the success that you had is one of those daily practices or daily habits 
that all women should be using. You know, that notion of I am damn good at that. I am grateful for and I am absolutely sensational. These are my strengths and this is what I'm known for. They should become part of our daily mantra because the work-life balance for women particularly is still under review, I think. So it's how we make sense of a career, doing the best we can there, with also juggling that and balancing it out with the family that we have, perhaps the partnerships that we have and our friendships. And how do we say no to some things and when do we say yes? And from a point of view of someone who's a little bit older than you, Nikki, over the decades, I have watched women try to do it all and there is a cost. So that notion of how do we find balance, I believe is one of the challenges that women face, particularly in the leadership roles that they are taking, they are involved in, or they're looking for. So any thoughts on that? I love the way that you describe it as work-life balances under review. I mean, <laughs> that is brilliant. And it, exactly, it's accurate. You know, I think when I think of work-life balance for myself, and, and what does that mean for me? I think the first thing that I need to do or that I would encourage other women to do is to define what that looks like for you. Because all of our contexts are going to be very different. You know, my obligations in my workplace and out of my workplace are going to be much different from yours mm -hmm. or the next woman's, etc. So, you know, I think that's a very personal definition that we have to find in ourselves is what is work-life balance in my particular context? And, you know, what do I need? What support and resources do I need to achieve that? You know, I think women, we're very defined by our culture and our social environment, as are men. But, I, you know, we're in this context, you and I are talking about women in particular, so I'll leave the men out of it for now. But, you know, there's a, a pressure, an external pressure, but also I think an internal pressure to make socially desirable responses or make socially desirable choices. We put pressure on ourselves to do it all, as you were talking about, to be the wife, to be the mother, to excel in our careers, to feel satisfied within ourselves and, and our own self-worth. And then try to find some sort of balance in all of that. And that is a lifelong quest, achieving that balance. Even when I think of, you know, trying to balance a spoon on a, a rock or practicing a yoga move, balance isn't achieved. And then it's, okay, now we just walk away because we're balanced. Balance is a constantly evolving you know, a little bit of a shift to the left is going to topple everything over. So you, you shift right and then, uh-oh, things are really starting to topple. Uh, I better put my hand down and support myself. Um, you know, it, we, we kind of almost have to go back to the drawing board over and over and over to stay balanced. So, you know, I think that definition of work-life balance will always be under review. I, I think it's a great metaphor because even the thought of having to get some support for your balance leads us to what parts of our life and work balance do we choose to be proactive in, to let go of because they're not serving us, to share and raise the expectations of. So I uh, had four children. I was, I'm one of six. And when I grew up, we had a roster in our house. So there was always the jobs around the house, you know, load the dishwasher, unload the dishwasher, set the table, 
Um, it got to the point where we shared meals. As we got older, there was always the rubbish bin to take out. There were various things like that that we shared. Now, when I had my four children, my uh, partner, my husband, he said, we don't need a roster. And I said, right, well, there still will be an expectation that if we live together in this home and we create our family, that we care for each other and we share. We don't have someone who is in a servant mode that we mm. actually share. To me, that is a, a strong value system. So I have to find ways to uh, make sure that those jobs were shared around the family without something that was written up and charted that others could go to and point and say, hey, it's your turn. We had to use other mechanisms around, it's your responsibility. This is what we do for each other. So I think in leadership, how we roll with that and how we place expectations on the people that we work within a human frame is also relevant. So the metaphor of finding balance works for not just our role as individuals, but the way we lead our people. And, uh, you know, our fear of failure is often one of our biggest triggers and our biggest challenges. So I'm just wondering. Oh, a fear of failure. Yeah. Uh, Carrie, that's, that's huge. And it, you know, especially for women. And so when we think of those constraints that are either put upon women or that women put on themselves, it leads largely, it funnels into that fear of failure. You know, if I put myself out on a limb, then I'm taking a risk. And when I'm taking a risk, I'm exposed and everything could come crashing down on me. That's probably some, a very common feeling that women everywhere feel. And, you know, when you are abiding by traditional norms or society's expectations mm -hmm. or the, the values of the institution you've been brought up in, then it's much safer to keep yourself small and to not take those risks. Because if you are small, if you are largely hidden, then you don't have as many chances of things toppling down on you. So, uh, you know, entrepreneurship or women in leadership, so rising to the, the top of an organization is risky. And it entails unforeseen circumstances. And you have a lot of chances of failure at every pivotal point in that journey in starting your own business or rising to the top of your organization or in some other way that you define success yourself. So having the right support around you and the right tools um, is really critical. You know, women also don't want to be seen as self-centered or shallow or bad. So when you are successful, there is that, that risk of the stigma being that, oh, well, you've put all of your energy into yourself and you, know, you haven't left any for the rest of your family and therefore that's bad. So you are bad. You should be ashamed of your success. <laughs> that is, I think you've hit the nail on the head because I notice that there are women who actually criticise other women for their success and for not being able to do it all where in actual fact, we should be supporting and mentoring each other in saying there are other ways to do what you want to do. You know, if we That's operate, if we only ever operate from a element of fear, well, then our confidence in being able to do what we want to do gets knocked flat. So disappointments, yes, there'll always be disappointments. There'll be mistakes that we make. But that's part of the learning on how to be great, how to be better and turn up the best way that we can be. 
That's right. And I want to talk about the term self-centeredness. And, you know, I think this is something that successful women or women who are on a journey of defining their own success will understand and relate to is that, you know, that fear of not wanting to be perceived as self-centered. But I think what we really need is to redefine what self-centered actually means. Uh And I know along my journey, I have at some pivotal times by particular people been accused of being self-centered because my career or my progress in a particular endeavor was very important. And so I was investing a lot of myself into a particular thing at a particular time. And I think I'm okay with being called self-centered because what that means is I'm putting myself at the center of what I do, where my values are, what I care about and where my energy goes. Now, a center is a core, you know, that's their synonyms for each other. And having a strong core is desirable. When we think about our physical body, you know, there's a lot of emphasis on strengthening your core because that is where everything else hinges from. You know, an astrophysicist might describe a core or a center a different way. A mechanic would describe it another way. But, you know, the notion of having a strong core, a strong center is acceptable by any kind of definition. Unless we're talking about ourselves and a woman, a successful woman. So then self-centered becomes a bad thing. But I think what we need to do is just really redefine and say that if I am being self-centered, then I am strengthening the core of everything I do so that it has that flow-on effect to everything else that I touch. And it can also relate to how centered you are in being present for yourself and others. So I like the fact that we can redefine self-centeredness as a positive, not a negative. And wouldn't it be fascinating to find out how the negative connotation of being self-centered came about? And perhaps in what era? Perhaps it's linked to a way a religion looks at particular roles. It could be anything. But we do know that women share in leadership roles around the world in various capacities and percentages. And not only do we have our antidotal information about ourselves as leaders, those that we associate with, our mentors, anything that comes up in in the media around perception of women as leaders, but we also have some statistics on where women are globally in leadership roles. And one of the most recent stats is one from this year, 2019, where 29% of our senior management roles are actually held by women. And it's the highest number on record. So this is very interesting because if we look at the Asia Pacific area of which Australia is in, in 2018, last year, women represented just over a third of all managers in Australia as well. But mainly men still dominate our senior levels of management. So the projection is that 2039 will be the time when women reach parity in key management personal roles if the progress remains the same. So we are seeing more indication that women are taking up leadership roles. Perhaps that's an indication that we may be getting the balance of our life and work into something that's a little bit more even as well. That's fascinating, Carrie. You know, when you talk about it in statistics or direction, what I heard you say was a couple of numbers that are roughly about a third. So 
about mm. a third or a little bit less, you know, 30% of women across the world that's looking at Australia and global statistics combined are in senior management roles. So that means the other 70% still rust with men. And then you said 2039 is when, if we continue at the same progress that we're making, we won't achieve that parity of 50-50 senior management roles until 2039. Mm. That brings a question in my mind of what else do we need to do? I think we're making great progress, but what is still needed for women to progress and to be allowed to succeed in the same way that men are allowed to? Well, that is an interesting concept. And when we look at all the professional development you can do around your leadership, whether it's being a solopreneur, an entrepreneur, a team leader, somebody in management position, getting to the C-suite, whatever it is we do, there are some core things where it's recommended that we do each day. One of them is our daily mantra that we talk about, how to actually focus on that work-life balance and talk about you, the person in this. I'm damn good at this. I believe in myself because that action and that way of doing things actually helps to move and shift a mindset so that we can take action. We don't get down, bogged down in the negative, that we can focus on what is important and we keep connected to our passion, our values and our belief systems. The second thing that is recommended, particularly for women, is that our mentor network is a place where we hang out regularly, where we think, feel, act and create the positive vibes to nurture success and growth. So we have not only our self-belief being self-centered in a positive way, being focused on us, we then use our support networks, our mentor networks, and we don't just hang out with people who are our yes people. We hang out with those that help us get out of our bubble. And then we also then can reconnect with our previous career successes. Things that we have done earlier in our career that we tap back into to say, hey, you've got it here. Don't just wash it away and say, this is a totally different situation. Use it to our best advantage. And instead of having a less, I'm less than somebody else in this position now because I'm in a new career or I'm taking on a new role, we turn it and say, I'm actually a more than type of gal. I'm more than what this role may be because of my previous experience. We're in the box a long time. We only have a finite time to share our strengths and our vision and our passion with those that are coming after us. And for women in leadership, our legacy should be that we are becoming leaders that we've never been before. And we are encouraging, supporting, mentoring, bringing along those who are going to come after us. And that should be the legacy. We'll never know what it's like, but that's what we should be aiming for. What a beautiful legacy to be able to leave, Carrie. I think that you've really touched on a sweet spot there in talking about networks and having mentors and having a strong support system of other women who are achieving great things and living their potential. You know, I heard Sheryl Sandberg say once, believing in yourself is the first and most necessary step in even coming close to achieving your potential. And and that's critical, self-belief. And again, I like the idea of redefining 
self-centeredness as a positive, mm. you know, I am a strong woman and that strength is at the core of everything that I do. So that self-belief, that self-worth makes me a good leader, makes me a good mother, makes me a good wife, etc. But then in addition to believing in ourselves, you know, sometimes that's not enough. We need those reinforcements. So I would encourage any woman, and this is from my own experience too, of I actively engage with mentors. So I am a part of professional mentoring programs, as well as just surrounding myself with women who I admire for their strength, determination, and courage. I like the quote or the idea of surround yourself with people who you think are better than you. <laughs> you mentioned stay or try to limit the yes people in your life or the people maybe who have a toxic energy yeah. and surround yourself with people who you think are better than you. Not that you're less than them, but who have qualities that you admire and would like to imitate or involve in the way that you conduct yourself, your leadership your discipline. And that's that's a rich tool set we gain. We're part of, we give it, and we gain it. And um, listeners, I would like to thank Nikki today. It's time for us to close our session. But as we always do, a call to action is really up front and centre today. Redefine the word self-centeredness. What is your self-centred ability? What is your self-centred focus? on how you can lead in whatever situation you are in. That would be your call to action, to really think about that this week. The notion of getting out of your bubble and being with others who can prompt you, who can encourage you, who can say, come along, you never know where this is going to lead us, that is rich as well. So Nikki, I'm going to say thank you once again. You are always full of insights. You are always very generous with your thinking, how you've experienced your leadership as you've gone through your career. And I have no doubt that in not near distant future, your career will take you to new and other places that you've never been before. So good luck with all that. And I'm sure we will be in touch once again. If you'd like to know about Nikki, here's her best contact details. Uh, you can reach me at NikkiLangman.com or on LinkedIn, and it's Nikki, N-I-K-K-I. <laughs> and if you would like to know more about Carrie Benedette and what I do as a leadership coach, I'm easily found, carriebenedette.com, or on LinkedIn as well. Always, listeners, thank you for your time. Thanks for all those thoughts. We love your feedback. If you could pop over and give us a thumbs up on the podcast this week, that's always appreciated. And just remember, your thriving is not self-centred in a negative way. Your thriving is full of life in becoming who you want to be to leave a legacy for those who come after us. Don't forget, give life a red hot shot. Bye for now. <laughs>